Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour with your host, LaCal Lab. In our program, you'll meet some of the most insightful nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who successfully made the move from the traditional nursing profession to making nursing a big business. Now, here is LaCal Lab. Welcome to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. If you're tuning in for the first time, this show serves as a platform for nurse leaders and entrepreneurs who are using their skill set and expertise to make a difference in the way that we practice nursing. Today on the show, I have a phenomenal nurse entrepreneur. Um, her name is Ms. Barbara Phillips. She is a nurse practitioner, business coach, clinical hypnotherapist, and a fellow of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. Since 2007, Barbara has proven has provided education, resources, and support to advanced practice nurses on the business of healthcare and leadership, including how to start and operate a practice in business. Clinically, Barbara's expertise is in medical hyp- hypnosis through her practice in Columbia, Missouri. Initially, she trained through a joint venture with the School of Medicine at the University of Minnesota and the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. Since then, she has trained with numerous practitioners in the United States and Canada. In 2019, she became a certified hypnosis instructor with the ICBCH. Welcome to the show, Barbara. I'm so happy to have you on. Hi, and thank you for having me. No problem. So, Barbara, tell us a little bit about your background in nursing and why you decided to leave the traditional nursing setting and start your own business. Oh, well, <laughs> that's a long story. So um, I've been I've been a nurse since um, for a very, very long time. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm a pioneer, but um, a very long time. And um, when I um, first came out of nursing school, I did this, the same thing that most of us did, at least back then. You know, I did the med surge. I did day, evening, night shift. I worked every single holiday. Um, and at one point, I found myself um, really going toward critical care. And so I ended up actually spending 15 years in critical care Um and, and just absolutely loved it. I had my um, certification as a critical care nurse, and um, I just thrived in that environment. But at the same time, I also um, wanted something more because I started to burn out. And uh, I was approached about um, about becoming a nurse practitioner. I didn't know what a nurse practitioner was at the time. And the person who um, approached me, she was actually at the University of Washington, and they were just um, completing a grant program. So it was the last year. So I ended up becoming a geriatric nurse practitioner through a certificate program. Mm -hmm. And um, with an ADN, I did not have a bachelor's, Mm -hmm. and um, went on from there. A few years later, I was like, oh, what about business? And mm-hmm. um, started studying. Didn't do anything with it because everybody told me you can't do this as a nurse. Every mm-hmm. place I turned, it was like, no, you can't do this as a nurse. Nurses have to do, you know, basically yeah. be in a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I found some limitations with my practice, and eventually I found myself back into a master's program um, and studied as a family nurse practitioner because as a certificate um, a certificate nurse practitioner, I couldn't do a whole lot, yeah. and I needed to finish those degrees. And so I did that, went to the University of Washington and got my master's, and I loved what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I spent several years working for Indian Health in a small tribal community on the Washington coast and just loved it. And I found myself suddenly without a job Mm. Um, for a variety of reasons, which I can go into some other time. But, you know, at the same time, it was like that, that whole idea about business, because I was still getting the, you can't do a practice. It's too hard. It's too difficult. You'll never make money. You'll be a failure on and on, and mm-hmm. um, and then 
you know, finding myself without a job, working for someone else for a very short amount of time, which was a not a good situation. And that person, that physician ended up in jail. Mm. And I went on then to start my own business because there was nothing else I could do. Yeah. And in that process, started reaching out to everybody I knew and didn't know because at that time we were on listservs. And said, how do I start a business? How do I start my own practice? And what happened for me was everybody's, my phone started ringing. I got Mm -hmm. emails, you know, I had knocks on the door. How can I do what you're doing? And, um, And eventually after the studying that I had been doing about business, it kind of, you know, hit me over the head and said, oh my goodness, this is a business. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, so I, I oftentimes will, it's kind of like you become an accidental entrepreneur, mm-hmm. if you will. So my business, my uh, practices were, were successful, very successful. And, um, but more and more of my time was, was being taken up by teaching and speaking and, and writing. And so that's pretty much what I do most of the time now. Nice. Very nice. So I'm shocked in um, when you said that you, first of all, you lost your job as an NP. Most of the time we think that, you know, because nurses are in such a demand, how could you, you know, be out of a job? But it happens, right? Well, it does happen. And and in this particular case, it was, um, you know, unfortunately, it was a physician who actually accused me to the Indian Health Board of um, oh, no. of uh, falsifying records. Oh no! And I was so upset that everybody believed him because I had been with that tribe for over five years at that point, mm. and um, and I just said I'm not going to stand for it. So I left. Yeah, I left, and that was right after, of course, I bought a, a house. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) You know, it's always those kinds of things. But, um, you know, and later they realized that this person had been doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But but that was okay because it really, it it allowed me, at the time my mother was in pretty poor health, so I was actually traveling a lot for that. But it allowed me... um, the freedom to really start to to explore. Well, what is it that I want to do? Yeah. And um, and even today, though, you know, I'm hearing from nurse practitioners who have been furloughed from their jobs. Yeah. Now, who would think mm-hmm. in this day and age with the need out there? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it's happening. You know, it's practices practices are are not the same as being in the hospital, and practices. You know, they don't have a lot of volume right now, and practices need to see patients in order to generate revenue. And so, yeah, a lot of my colleagues have been furloughed. Yeah, yeah. So to speak to to your situation, I'm glad that you were were able to overcome. And um, as you say, similar to the state that we're in now, um, it takes those dark times for us to kind of realize what our um, passion is or what we're really here for and create a new, as we say, you know, right. step into the new and, and, you know, in our lives and start, start something new. So I'm exactly. happy to hear that you were able to turn that dark time into something great um, in your business. So you also mentioned that, um, a lot of people was against, you know, you as a nurse stepping into business. Oh, yeah. Why Why do you think they were, you know, just didn't think a nurse could go into business or see a nurse in business? Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of it was, you know, one, they couldn't see the nurse. In, in fact, more than more often than not, I had to actually carry around the law with me to prove mm-hmm. to people that, yes, I could do this mm-hmm. legally. Um, in fact, the man that I ended up renting my first office from was a lawyer. And, mm. you know, he kept saying, you can't do this. You can't do this. And I said, here's mm-hmm. the law. And, um, you know, at, at the end of my five-year lease, he was like, oh, I guess you can't do this. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. But there was also... Um, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people were well-meaning, 
but they mm-hmm. just didn't understand the business of healthcare. Yeah. And so, you know, how how can you get paid from insurance companies? How mm-hmm. how can you do this? And um I, I think that that's a lot of where it came from. And then two, which was really interesting when I first started speaking, um, particularly at uh, some of the neighboring states, um, at their conferences, it was, how dare you talk about money? Mm. And, you know, as as nurses, we're all educated to essentially work in a hospital or a yeah. clinic or a nursing home, um, maybe do a little travel health or something, but mm-hmm. that's really the extent of it. And we don't talk about money per se. It's a bad mm-hmm. thing to talk about. Whereas, you know, people don't seem to realize that healthcare is a business. In fact, it's a trillion dollar business. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. going to become even more so with what's going on now. And um, if we don't talk about money, you you cannot you cannot run a business if you don't talk about money. You That's cannot true. run your household, which is your business, mm-hmm. right? And so people expect right. to collect a salary, but you know how dare you ask me to pay for money for healthcare? It's it's a strange thing that goes mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. It is. And I agree. And I can definitely um, relate to what you're saying because I worked a couple of years in utilization review. And that's basically the business um, of healthcare, where we're behind the scenes and we're um, doing a utilization of service. People come in, um, depending on what level you come in in the hospital, we have to determine how much it costs for you to stay or if you should stay um, for a certain period of time. And that's definitely how, you know, we're working with directly with the CNO of the hospital um, to get the hospital paid, essentially, through these insurance companies. So it's definitely uh, something that we have to talk about because it keeps the hospital running. It keeps the business running. Exactly, exactly. And that paycheck that you get as an employed nurse, it lets you Mm -hmm. run your business of your home. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important, so important. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, um, I know there's a variety of different practices that an advanced uh, practical nurse could start. Tell me about what kinds of practices you can start as an NP or advanced practice nurse. Yeah, so um, when we talk about advanced practice nurses, just just to be clear, there's um, really four different categories. Um, one is a midwife, obviously, a nurse anesthetist, a clinical specialist, and then nurse practitioners, which were the largest component of that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, most of us, when we step out to start a business, we want to... We, we want to start something clinically, right? I mean, that's where we've been trained, right. you know, from anywhere from right. you know, two plus years in our master's and, and perhaps even a doctoral program. Um, so it's more time, but we've been trained to do clinical work as a nurse. That's all we've ever done is some mm-hmm. kind of clinical work, unless we're in research or something. So most nurse yeah. practitioners and the majority of even within nurse practitioners is going to be family nurse practitioners but all of us whether we're peds mm-hmm. whether we're women's health or or adult gero or even psych we want to start practices whatever is that specialty for us so we we look to the traditional type of you go in to see your provider and you know you have all your stuff done and those are the kinds of practices we tend to do most often these days i'm starting to see people get a little bit more creative and so we're seeing um not only looking at different uh um, modes of delivery, if you will, by doing house call practices, retail practices, um, you know, telemedicine right now is huge with nurse practitioners. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I'm also yeah. seeing nurse practitioners do more of a wellness because, you know, we're as nurses, we're about wellness, right? So we're seeing a lot of functional right. medicine, integrative medicine, um, you know, wellness promotion, those kinds of things. I'm also seeing an awful lot of people doing uh, nurse coaching, 
their self-coaching. Um, we're, you know, we're seeing people do IV therapy. We're doing a lot of occupational health. And so in, in reality, it's anything that mm-hmm. we can do mostly if we're looking at the clinical arena, mostly around whatever our areas of expertise are. Outside of the clinical arena, I mean, we've seen this for years, people teaching continuing education and certification review exams and uh, skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, your IVs and your casting and, and um, stuff like that. But we also have, as, as you may know, legal nurse consultants and we have nurse practitioners that do expert witnessing mm-hmm. and uh, we have people that actually start up um, a lot of different you know, either home health agencies or at-home care type of, um, of agency. And the same thing, and those are things nurses can do. You don't need to be a, a nurse practitioner to do those things. So th- there's just such mm-hmm. a variety that it's, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's those of us, a few of us, that are doing um, making our clinical work into things like um, complementary healthcare, such as hypnosis and, and other um, holistic modalities. Nice, which is um, hypnosis is your specialty. Right. Very right. nice, which we rarely hear much about that. And, and even still, nursing is just so broad there's so many things that we can do even we think of just the clinical aspects but in business also that's what makes this profession so rewarding yes yes so that that's excellent so tell me um what would an advanced practice nurse a nurse in general what do you think they need to consider before starting a practice or starting their own business oh my goodness (laughs) I can go on a long time about this one Um, because I get a lot of people, um, you know, sending me messages or calling and and saying, I want to start a practice. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. we we're jumping the gun a little bit. We need to really go back and figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, well, what is it you think you want to do and why? Do you want to do it? Mm. Are you mm-hmm. even ready to start a practice? You know, I get a lot of of students and new grads who are ready to jump in there. And depending on what oh, they're wow. wanting to do, like if it's clinical, it's like, no, 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 no. And this isn't a popular answer, but you really need to get your clinical legs nice and strong. Um, before you start trying to learn business, um, especially if you're going to do yeah. a clinical business. Um, I recently had a, it wasn't a nurse, it was a physician who called me. He'd been practicing for many years and he really wanted to branch out on his own. And so he did a consult and I'm talking to him and he says, well, you know, my wife would like to get on the line with this as well. So I, his wife is mm-hmm. there and she's totally up against it, totally against it, and hmm. gives me all the reasons about why he shouldn't do this. And, you know, I, I said, you know, one of the first things you guys got to do is you got to come to some kind of an agreement between yourselves. So that would be one of the yeah. things that I would really say, you know, if if you're wanting to step out on your own and you do not have the support of your family or you have the outright um, opposite where they absolutely do not want you to do this, this is not going to be an easy thing. (laughs) You know, starting a business takes a lot of time, energy. Sometimes it takes some tears. um, And you want to have the support of your family because you're going to have to spend a lot of time with it. So I would say that's really one of the first things. Know what you want to do. Um, know why you want to do it and have you garnered the support, you know, because this is, this isn't just, Oh, I'll dabble in this for a little while and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to stick to it and be consistent with it once you start. So I think that's great. That's great advice. Yeah. And you know, the next thing, would you say that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the next thing is, is sometimes, you know, people start doing things like I've had um, NPs who, 
you know, they found a space, they rented it, they started buying Mm -hmm. stuff, and yet they hadn't really done a business plan. They hadn't really figured out Mm. who their um, patients would be, where they would come from, how they would get reimbursed, how much they would get reimbursed, you know. And so, again, it's, it's, I think, on a personal level, really understanding what's going on. And then on that business plan level, getting it on paper, can I make this work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So coming into it with a strategy. Yes. Would be the best um, way. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So tell me if, um, if, when uh, you think, or now, if you think now is a good time to even start a practice considering what we're doing, what's going on in the world and uh, COVID-19. And if you do start a practice, some of the innovative ways, you know, you've seen your uh, colleagues, um, do who, who who currently have a business right now during the crisis? Right, right. Well, you know, ways, yeah, healthcare is not going to go away. You know, it's yeah. it's it's really one of those, if you will, recession-proof businesses because everybody's going to need healthcare, and I, I do think it's going to look different going forward. Um, I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out, but I think we're going to see uh, certainly a lot more uh, where we're actually taking advantage of technology, where we're doing more mm. of the telehealth, we're doing more of the remote monitoring, we're, we're um, you know, really stepping up to the plate and, and working individually with people. One of the things that I've seen arise in, in the last few years, in addition to the, you know, traditional type of, uh, say, primary care office or internal medicine office, is uh, people are doing direct, uh, primary direct care, which basically is kind of a membership mm-hmm. model, um, where, okay. you know, you might, you know, the individual patient may have. Um, a plan, an insurance plan that is more catastrophic in nature. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but they just need little things here and there. But to go to a regular office, it would cost them so much more. So a lot of them will pay Mm -hmm. uh, either on a monthly basis, an annual basis, or even just an a la carte, just whenever I go in. And they access services for a lot less money then it would be going to a traditional practice. And that may also see a rise coming up here because, you know, a lot of insurance is, you know, right or wrong is based on employment. And right, a lot of people right. are without jobs. You know, so I, I and think that's looking for a- options. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, that's actually a, a good model because you don't hear too many people talking about it. And that's one of the questions I get a lot from um, other entrepreneurs, you know, such as myself, of the need of, you know, needing health insurance and how expensive it is when you step into business. So having these options um, readily available and just talking more about them so that everybody know that they're available is, is necessary. Right. I mean, it's it's actually an excellent model. And if I could find somebody, preferably a nurse practitioner, in my community who did that mm-hmm. kind of a model, I would I would take it up in a in a heartbeat, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I I I think it's a great model. Now, obviously, it doesn't help those that may be on Medicaid or you know truly don't have resources right. to be able to pay for care. But then we have you know, federally funded community health care clinics and, and those sorts of things. So, um, but it's that mm-hmm. population that's in between that doesn't have the excellent right. insurance that, say, a member of Congress would have, for instance, or, um, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who works for Blue Cross. But, um, you know, the rest of us that work for either ourselves or smaller companies, and it's like, well, 
how how do we get access to care? So I think that those are good models. Yeah. But one of the things that that uh, those direct pay practices are doing, because they're not insurance based, they can really do some innovative things. Um, you know, so they were one of the first that, you know, you can Mm -hmm. call or text or, you know, get on the internet with me at any time, you know, obviously it has to go in schedules, but, you know, it wasn't limited to, am I going to get paid by your insurance company? So therefore people were being able to access care quicker, um, more efficiently and, you know, potentially Mm -hmm. stave off any kind of, um, you know, extended visit that they might need because they wait until they're very sick. Um, and so that's been helpful. And those practices, um, I know some of them are even doing these value-added things with some complementary and alternative medicine um, it, that just truly involves an individual in their own care. Because I I truly believe that that's part of what's missing. You know, people mm-hmm. expect to go see their healthcare provider and get fixed. And, mm. you know, we, you know, unless you're having surgery or a bone being set or something, we don't fix. It really is a a dance. Here's some information. This medication can help, but these are the things that you need yeah. to do in order to be healthy. And I think that that's one of the um, that's one of the skills of nurse practitioners is in general they listen. Nurses in general, we listen and we care mm-hmm. about people and we look mm-hmm. at the whole person, and that's what people are looking for these days. So true. Yeah. So true. That nurturing act aspect yes. that I think we naturally have as nurses is, is necessary. Yeah. yeah. We're taught yeah. from day one in nursing so, school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's um, the biggest challenge for business owners right now, um, you would say? Well, I, I think right now, you know, COVID has kind of put put us all on edge and kind of upended our entire world. And so we don't really have a, a decent path going forward. Um, so it's a, a little bit harder to say. But in, in terms of what has been mm-hmm. happening um, for nurse practitioners and actually continues to happen is, one, we don't have a consistent scope of practice throughout the United States. It really varies state to state in terms of um you know, how we can practice, uh, whether we can get paid by certain insurance companies and that sort of thing. Um, you know, secondly, the, um, you, you know, not knowing what's going on, not being able to get paid, not um, not being able to take the time uh, to really work on the business is also a huge issue because working on, I mean, we've all heard this, work on your business, not just in your business. And right. uh, that, and and actually it's right now, it can potentially be a great time for people to be working on the business if they oh, don't have a lot business. of patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sort of like using this time to um, revamp, look at their model or whatever methodologies they're using in their current practice or improve or make changes. Right. Right. To adjust to where we're headed, perhaps. (laughs) Right. You know, when we're seeing patients on a on a regular basis and and since the majority of people, that's what they do is see patients, um, you know, you're busy. You know, you're you're yeah. scrambling to try and get everything done that it takes in order to see your patients, to get paid, et cetera, et cetera. You don't often have the time to take a step back and, you know, look at the mundane things that nobody wants to look at. You know, how's your how's your counting looking? What is what's happening in QuickBooks? You know, what um, mm-hmm. how's your marketing? You know, do you need to ramp that up? Do you need to do some different things? Do you have enough patients coming in? Have you cross-trained your staff if you do have staff? You know, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many different things that we can be doing now so that as we come out the other side of this, and we will, 
um, you know, life will be a lot easier for you. Yes. So that's a that's a great um, point. And we're going to take a quick break after this commercial. We'll return. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday on Voice America Business. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Every day in business, we hear jargon, see writing from so-called experts, and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at thewealthynursehour.com. Now, back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Welcome back to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. I'm your host, LaCal Ebb. I'm joined today with nurse practitioner, Ms. Barbara Phillips. Uh, we were having a great discussion on how uh, advanced practice nurses can start in, in business and start their own practice. Um, but I want to get into a little bit more about your expertise, uh, Ms. Barbara, and that's uh, medical hypnosis. Tell me a little bit about that and some of the things that you do in your practice. Oh, this is something I wish I had done years ago. Um, you know, <laughs> back back in the day when I went to school, we were still of the mind that the mind and body um, were disconnected, and that mm-hmm. you know you got to a certain age, and after that it was all downhill from there because you couldn't make any more brain cells. But you know, neuroscience has come a long way since then, mm. and I. You know, I got interested in hypnosis after my own experience in my 30s with the fear that uh, was suddenly fixed, if you will. To me, it was sudden. It Actually, it's not instant. But um, later on, I had a practice doing pain management. And I was involved mm-hmm. with the University of Washington's ECHO program on pain management. And this is way before the opiate crisis and all of that. Well, in mm-hmm. that um, weekly meeting, you know, we would, you know, talk about cases that we had, and we had the whole team from the University of Washington there. And two of those people did medical hypnosis. And in fact, they're two of the people that have written the 
books on using hypnosis with chronic pain and have done a lot of the research in um, using hypnosis and chronic pain and other conditions. So I became so intrigued and it wasn't until um, a few years later when I had to relocate that I actually had the time to go and study. And I, mm. I'm, you know, it's, it's, you know how when you first start nursing, you are so excited and you are so in love with everything that you're doing. Yeah. And, and that's what has yes. <laughs> happened again to me with hypnosis because so nice. much of what goes on for all of us in almost any health condition, it is. It comes back to our our thoughts. Now, I'm not trying to say that everything yeah. is caused by our thoughts. Please don't don't um, don't anybody interpret it that way. <laughs> but you know, so much of what we experience in in our emotions and even physically has to do with the thoughts, has to do with perceptions. So, for instance, if you take a person with chronic mm-hmm. pain. Um, you can, you know, those those pain signals, they're, they're electrical signals that go up the spinal cord and into the brain, right? You can have that same signal mm-hmm. in, various, in various intensities going up into the brain, and it can be because you, you decided to be a weekend warrior and you just mowed an acre of land with a hand mower, you know, mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. You <laughs> you bent over and picked your you know pick something up off the ground and your back went out. In each of those experiences, mm-hmm. you're going to have a uh, a different outcome. You know, the weekend warrior is like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm really exhausted. I'm sore, but look at everything I got done, and they're so excited and yada yada yada. Whereas the person who has the back pain back yet again is going to be miserable. And, you know, so mm. we, it's, it's a perception issue from the same signals. This yeah. happens a lot of times with, um, it, it can happen in a lot of different, different scenarios. We know, for instance, that with IBS, IBS has a huge psychological component to it, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fears, and a lot of other things. Well, this is one area mm-hmm. where hypnosis has been extensively researched all over the world in using this to combat IBS. And it works well. It works really well. Um, wow. It, yeah. And, you know, you don't have to go through all of that. And I've worked with several people that it's just, that's just been the ticket for them. Um, a gentleman out of uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, actually developed a protocol and studied it in um, in working with people with IBS. Um, and, and I use bits of his and bits of others. And um, my approach is really more more client-centered, the person who's in front of me kind of dictates what I'm going to do. It's not so much swinging a watch, you are being sleepy, you know, go to sleep and and do these things, but it's, I really try to work with the person to feed things back in a way that's going to help. Yeah, that's good. That's And that's great work. Um, it's specifically um, in regards to the IBS. I had no idea that there was a correlation um, between mm. hypnosis and sort of training the mind and dealing yes. with the pain that they experience. So that's powerful. Well, and if you think about it, so, you know, yeah. whether it's hypnosis, mm-hmm. it's mindfulness, it's, it's meditation, all of them mm-hmm. um, can play a part and um, and I actually use all of it together. You know, there's just no one right approach. Yeah. Yeah. The per- perception is key. Yes. In all is. of it. So the way you perceive, yeah, and your mindset. So going back to, um, you know, the times that we're in right now and we mm-hmm. are facing um, some challenging times. What would you say to the nurse who's feeling burnt out? Um, in their profession and unsure if they even want to continue right now. Um, They may be working on the front lines or just uncertain about a lot of things. Yeah, and they're exhausted and they're scared. 
Um, one yeah. of the things yeah. that, that I would say is, number one, start joining me on Wednesday nights. Um, I have, since the start of this, yeah. I have been offering a free Wednesday night, 30 minutes only um, workshop for any healthcare provider. So anybody working in healthcare. And I try to do something a little mm-hmm. different every week, um, showing people very simple techniques that they can do um, to bring their stress down immediately, um, to give mm-hmm. themselves the ability just to kind of have some space to to breathe, if you will. Because when we get too totally stressed, Mm -hmm. it's like our brains go offline and we can't think um, in in a productive way. Uh, The other thing that happens too is we have that increased stress. We're uh, secreting more cortisol into our system. And guess what that does? It weakens our immune system, the one thing that we need most of right Mm now. So um, there's... Yeah, there's several little techniques that I teach um, uh, people to do. And and actually, I'm I'm just trying to think, how am I going to do this without being able to show you? But um, one thing that a person can do is what has been called going into peripheral vision. So... Mm -hmm. What and and you might want to try this yourself, but but what it will? I what am. I'm joining in on Wednesday. What do you mean? Okay, well, <laughs> I'll you're be there. welcome <laughs> to come on Wednesdays. You know, it's free for any anybody in healthcare, and um, you know, but one one of the things that I teach is it's called going into peripheral vision. Some people have said it; they call mm-hmm. it stopping the world because it stops all that internal noise in our heads, right? Because mm. our heads are constantly chattering. And um, yeah. so basically, you know, you pick a spot and and just defocus mm-hmm. your gaze. And as you do so, mm-hmm. begin to notice the space around whatever that thing is that was was bothering you. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can be a person, it can be a thing, it can be a situation. But just begin to notice the space on each side and maybe the space above and below and begin to widen that out, keeping your head straight ahead, looking at whatever that is with a softened gaze. And and what happens as you do this is it just quiets down, quiets down your mind. And oftentimes the shoulders begin to relax it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system so that you can just like turn off that flight, flight, fight or freeze response that you're having. And um, it's, I, I remember teaching this one time to a client who came in and uh, at the end of the day, my phone was ringing and it was her husband wanting to know what the heck had I taught her. <laughs> because <laughs> it totally diffused their situation at home. And the next thing I know, he's mm. making an appointment to come in. Um, but it's it can be so powerful. Now, the first time mm-hmm. I learned this, I had to practice it a few times before I got it. And a lot of people get it right away. But it's it's something that's very easy. Nobody needs to know mm-hmm. that you're doing anything. And we can do it mm. in a moment, you know. So that's just one of the techniques that I, I teach people to do. And some of the feedback that we've gotten in the Wednesday night groups, that that's been pretty helpful, you know, to be able yeah. to just, especially, you know, we, since nurses don't always take care of each other very well. Mm-hmm. We may not be comfortable showing someone our vulnerable side or our our side where we're really stressed and we're near tears or whatever the case may be. But you can do the whole mm-hmm. peripheral vision thing without anybody noticing you're doing anything at all and really take care of yourself that way. This is not this is. Excellent. I'm glad that you, you know, are sharing this. Please tell everybody where they could find this info and how to tune in on, on Wednesday. 
Oh, goodness. Um, you know, they can go to actually either one of my websites, and I have a link because the link for this is a little bit complicated. Um, but let me okay. see if I can remember. It's, it's, well, actually, I do remember. Um, I did a link shortener. So it's bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y um, mm-hmm. forward slash H-C-P for healthcare provider Zoominaires because <laughs> we do it mm-hmm. on Zoom. So it's just Z-O-O-M-I-N-A-R-S. Okay. So I'll, I'll and make you can sure access the link through your website? Yeah. So on the top of my yeah, blog. Yeah, I'll attach it to the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the top of my blog, npbusiness.org, is um, on the left-hand side, you'll see, you know, the um, the announcement for the Zoominars. And um, it just self-care for healthcare. And um, that'll take you right to that page. And it does ask you to um, to register for that. And that's so that I can send you reminders for Wednesday nights. But it also mm-hmm. it, it I'm using the platform that I use for all of my courses. So it, it actually then gives you access to a quote unquote course. And basically, I have uploaded mm-hmm. Um, different recordings that you can download. They're all less than 15 minutes. So if you just want to do a little guided meditation or a little guided hypnosis, you can do that. A little guided imagery. It has a couple of videos that I share with my clients on different techniques that they can use. A real popular one that I'm not quite sure how to verbalize it here is bilateral stimulation. It's the first thing I teach to everybody who comes in, and it reduces stress, it reduces um, cravings, it reduces a panic um, within moments. Mm. And it's it's very simple to oh, do. This is- yeah. I, I mean, I teach it to children even. Oh, this and So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to see you there on Wednesday. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Oh, I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) No no question. We all need it, don't we? So, one of the reasons, yes, and this is the perfect time to to dive into some guided meditation. It's it's definitely needed. Um, So, one of the reasons why I came up with the name, The Wealthy Nurse Hour, Um, is because I believe that wealth is a mindset. And if a person can make up their mind to change an unfavorable situation, then I think they have the ability to live a wealthy life. Um, The possession possession or the manifestation of wealth starts with the way a person thinks. So what's your definition or how do you define wealth and leadership? Hmm. You know, I think wealth can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. Certainly, you know, when we say wealth, mm-hmm. we think about money, you know, and, and whatever yeah. that number is for, and, and that's different for, for everybody, you know, whether it's something that you can just be comfortable mm-hmm. with or whether it's where you can do anything you want, traveling the world, whatever the case may be. To me, it's... It, it is financial, but it is also, um, there's a spiritual wealth. There's uh, an emotional mm-hmm. wealth. There's um, yeah. really tapping into the things that, for me, the, the term I often use is the things that make my heart sing. If I can mm-hmm. do those things every day, if I can just be in the flow and do the things that I love to do, I am as wealthy as as anybody. As I mean, I'm just I'm blessed to be able yes, to do that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So I what would oh, you, you asked me about leadership. how would you define okay. leadership? Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of definitions of leadership and, and leadership is something I've been kind of um, doing a deep dive in for the last several years because I'm, um, I was originally on the board and now I'm a, a finishing up my term as a project coach um, for the Duke Johnson & Johnson Advanced Practice Nurse Leadership Program. And mm-hmm. um, to me, leadership is so much more than standing in front of the room. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. um, 
you know, leaders create leaders. Leaders know when to follow. Mm. They know Mm -hmm. um, when to encourage. They know when they need to step up and say, okay, foot down here. Let's, let's deal with this, you know, but, but more often than not, they know how to mentor that leadership in others and to really build Mm -hmm. up others. Leadership is not about, I'm the person in charge. That is definitely not leadership. Um, I agree. I'm the person who can help build you up. To me, that's what leadership is. Mm-hmm. Yes. That that right there is a word for everybody. <laughs> leadership creates leaders. I love that. Yes. And uh, I believe uh, the same. They know when to be humble, step back, and allow others Great. to come forward or to shine. I love that. Yeah, nobody's so, a leader 100% of yeah. the time. You you have to follow. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very fluid. Yeah. No one to be the student. Mhm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um again, I want you to reiterate um how to find you. Um also if someone would wants wanted to take advantage of your coaching uh, sessions, where they could go to connect with you and get more. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So my blog, which we've been writing that one since the end of 2006. (laughs) So it's, it's a quite, quite an extensive blog and it's NP as a nurse practitioner business.org. Although you can now get there with a .com, but I just have used the .org. Um, it wasn't available early on. But um, from there, on Sorry. that front page in that sidebar, you can get to the co- courses. You can get to the coaching. You can get um, to our Wednesday night Zoominar. You can um, search the entire blog to find what you need to find. The the page, the, the website that I have for all of our courses and consultation is clinician businessinstitute.com. And of course, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm on all the social media, just like everybody else, but I'm most active on Facebook and just search for my name, Barbara C. Phillips. Barbara, it was such a pleasure to, to have you on the show. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to uh, talk to you today. Uh, I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. (laughs) <laughs> and I got it meditation class. All right. Well, thank you so much for having uh, me. It was my pleasure. No problem. And I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Bye-bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Wealthy Nurse Hour. Be sure to join your host, LaCal Lab, for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk more next week. <laughs>